Chapter Four of Ziska by Marie Corelli. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Ilianthi. Denzil recoiled a step backward, then, with an impulsive movement, strode close up to him. His face unnaturally flushed, and his eyes glittering with an evil fire. You, you love her? What? In one short hour, you, who have often boasted to me of having no heart, no eyes for women except as models for your canvas, you say now that you love a woman whom you have never seen before tonight. Stop, returned Gervaise somewhat moodily. I'm not so sure about that. I have seen her before, though where I cannot tell, but the fire that stirs my pulses now seems to spring from some old passion suddenly revived, and the eyes of the woman we are both mad for, well, they do not inspire holiness, my dear friend. No, neither in you nor in me. Let us be honest with each other. There is something vile in the composition of Madame la Princesse, and it responds to something equally vile in ourselves. We shall be dragged down by the force of it. Tan pis pour nous. I am sorrier for you than for myself, for you are a good fellow. How fond. You have what the world is learning to despise. Sentiment. I have none, for as I told you before, I have no heart. But I have passions, tigerish ones, which must be humoured. In fact, I make it my business in life to humour them. Do you intend to humour them in this instance? Assuredly, if I can. Then, friend as you have been, you can be friend no more, said Denzil fiercely. My God, do you not understand? My blood is as warm as yours. I will not yield to you one smile, one look from Ziska. No, I will kill you first. Gervaise looked at him calmly. Will you? Pauvre garçon, you are such a boy still, Denzil. By the by, how old are you? Ah, I remember now. Twenty-two, only twenty-two. I am thirty-eight, so in the measure of time alone, your life is more valuable to you than mine is to me. If you choose, therefore, you can kill me. Now, if you like, I have a very convenient dagger in my belt. I think it has a point, which you are welcome to use for the purpose. But for heaven's sake, don't rant about it. Do it. You can kill me. Of course you can. But you cannot. Mark this well, Denzil. You cannot prevent my loving the same woman whom you love. I think instead of raving about the matter here in the moonlight, which has the effect of making us look like two orthodox villains in a set stage scene, we'd better make the best of it and resolve to abide by the lady's choice in the matter. What say you? You have known her for many days. I have known her for two hours. You have had the first innings, so you cannot complain. Here he playfully unfastened the Bedouin knife, which hung at his belt, and offered it to Denzil, holding it delicately by the glittering blade. One thrust, my brave boy, he said, and you will stop the Ziska fever in my veins at once and for ever. But unless you deal the murderer's blow, the fever will go on increasing till it reaches its extremest height, and then... And then, echoed Denzil, then, oh, God only knows what then. 
Denzel thrust away the offered weapon with a movement of aversion. "'You can jest,' he said. "'You are always jesting, but you do not know. "'You cannot read the horrible thoughts in my mind. "'I cannot resolve their meaning even to myself. "'There is some truth in your light words, I feel. "'I know instinctively that the woman I love "'has an attraction about her which is not good, but evil. "'Yet what does that matter? "'Do not men sometimes love vile women?' "'Always,' replied Gervaise briefly. "'Gervaise, I have suffered tortures ever since I saw her face,' exclaimed the unhappy lad, his self-control suddenly giving way. "'You cannot imagine what my life has been. Her eyes make me mad. The merest touch of her hand seems to drag me away, invisibly. "'To perdition,' finished Gervaise. "'That is the usual end of the journey we men take with beautiful women.' And now, went on Denzel, hardly heeding him, as if my own despair were not sufficient, you must needs add to it. What evil fate, I wonder, sent you to Cairo? Of course I have no chance with her now. You are sure to win the day. And can you wonder, then, that I feel as if I could kill you? Oh, I wonder at nothing, said Gervaise calmly, except perhaps at myself. And I echo your words most feelingly. What evil fate sent me to Cairo? I cannot tell, but here I purpose to remain. My dear Murray, don't let us quarrel if we can help it. It is such a waste of time. I am not angry with you for loving la belle Lazisca. Try, therefore, not to be angry with me. Let the fair one herself decide as to our merits. My own opinion is that she cares for neither of us, and, moreover, that she never will care for any one except her fascinating self, and certainly her charms are quite enough to engross her whole attention. By the way, let me ask you, Denzel, in this headstrong passion of yours, for it is a headstrong passion, just as mine is, do you actually intend to make the Ziska your wife if she will have you? Of course, replied Murray with some haughtiness. A fleeting expression of amusement flitted over Gervaise's features. "'It is very honourable of you,' he said. "'Very, my dear boy. "'You shall have your full chance, because I, I would not make the Princess Madame Gervaise for all the world. "'She is not formed for a life of domesticity, and, pardon me, "'I cannot picture her as the contented chatelaine of your grand old Scotch castle in Rosshire. "'Why not?' From an artistic point of view, the idea is incongruous, said Gervaise lazily. Nevertheless, I will not interfere with your wooing. Denzel's face brightened. You will not? I will not, I promise. But, and here Gervaise paused, looking his young friend full in the eyes. Remember, if your chance falls to the ground, if Madame gives you your conge, if she does not consent to be a Scottish chatelaine, and listen every day to the bagpipes at dinner. You cannot expect me, then, to be indifferent to my own desires. She shall not be Madame Gervaise, oh no. She shall not be asked to attend to the pot a few. She shall act the role for which she has dressed tonight. She shall be another Charmazel to another Araxes, though the wild days of Egypt are no more. A sudden shiver ran through him as he spoke and instinctively he drew the white folds of his picturesque garb closer about him. 
"'There is a chill wind sweeping in from the desert,' he said. "'An evil sandy breath tasting of mummy dust "'blown through the crevices of the tombs of kings. "'Let us go in.' "'Murray looked at him in a kind of dull despair. "'And what is to be done?' he asked. "'I cannot answer for myself, "'and from what you say, neither can you. "'My dear friend, or foe, whichever you determine to be, I can answer for myself in one particular at any rate, namely, that as I told you, I shall not ask the princess to marry me. You, on the contrary, will do so. Bonny chance. I shall do nothing to prevent Madame from accepting the honourable position you intend to offer her. Until the fiat has gone forth, and the fair one has decided, we will not fly at each other's throats like wolves disputing possession of a lamb. We will assume composure, even if we have it not. He paused, and laid one hand kindly on the young man's shoulder. Is it agreed? Denzil gave a mute sign of resigned acquiescence. Good. I like you, Denzil. You're a charming boy, hot-tempered, and a trifle melodramatic in your loves and hatreds. Yes, for that you might have been a Provençal instead of a Scot. Before I knew you, I had a vague idea that all Scotchmen were, or needs must be, ridiculous. I don't know why. I associated them with bagpipes, short petticoats, and whiskey. I had no idea of the type you so well represent. The dark, fine eyes, the strong physique, and the impetuous disposition, which suggests the South rather than the North and to-night you look so unlike the accepted café chantante picture of the ever-dancing Highlander that you might, in very truth, be a Florentine in more points than the dress which so well becomes you. Yes, I like you, and more than you, I like your sister. That is why I don't want to quarrel with you. I wouldn't grieve Mademoiselle Helene for the world. Murray gave him a quick, half-angry side-glance. You are a strange fellow, Gervaise. Two summers ago, you were almost in love with Helen. Gervaise sighed. True, almost. That's just it. Almost is a very uncomfortable word. I have been almost in love so many times. I have never been drawn by a woman's eyes and dragged down, down, in a mad whirlpool of sweetness and poison intermixed. I have never had my soul strangled by the coils of a woman's hair, black hair, black as night, in the perfumed meshes of which a jewelled serpent gleams. I have never felt the insidious horror of a love like strong drink, mounting through the blood to the brain, and there making inextricable confusion of time, space, eternity, everything except the passion itself. Never, never have I felt all this, Denzil, till tonight, tonight. Bah, it is a wild night of dancing and folly, and the Princess Aziska is to blame for it all. Don't look so tragic, my good Denzil. What ails you now? What ails me? Good heavens, can you ask it? And Murray gave a gesture of mingled despair and impatience, if he love her in this wild, uncontrolled way. It is the only way I know of, said Gervaise. Love must be wild and uncontrolled to save it from banality. 
It must be a summer thunderstorm, the heavy brooding of the clouds of thought, the lightning of desire, then the crash, the downpour, and the end, in which the bland sun smiles upon a bland world of dull but wholesome routine and tame conventionality, making believe that there never was such a thing known as the past storm. Be consoled, Denzil, and trust me, you shall have time to make your honourable proposal, and Madam had better accept you, for your love would last, mine could not. He spoke with a strange fierceness and irritability, and his eyes were darkened by a sudden shadow of melancholy. Denzil, bewildered at his words and manner, stared at him in a kind of helpless indignation. "'Then you admit it yourself to be cruel and unprincipled,' he said. Gervais smiled with a little shrug of impatience. "'Do I? I was not aware of it. Is inconstancy to women cruelty and want of principle? If so, all men must bear the brunt of the accusation with me, for men were originally barbarians.' and always looked upon women as toys or slaves. The barbaric taint is not out of us yet, I assure you. At any rate, it is not out of me. I am a pure savage. I consider the love of women as my right. If I win it, I enjoy it as long as I please, but no longer, and not all the forces of heaven and earth should bind me to any woman I had once grown weary of. "'If that is your character,' said Murray stiffly, "'it were well the Princess Ziska should know it. "'True.' "'And Gervaise laughed loudly. "'Tell her, mon ami. "'Tell her that Amand Gervaise is an unprincipled villain, "'not worth a glance from her dazzling eyes. "'It will be the way to make her adore me. "'My good boy, do you not know "'that there is something very marvellous "'in the attraction we call love? "'It is a preordained destiny.' and if one soul is so constituted that it must meet and mix with another, nothing can hinder the operation, so that, believe me, I am quite indifferent as to what you say of me to Madame la Princesse or to any one else. It will not be for either my looks or my character that she will love me, if indeed she ever does love me. It will be for something indistinct, indefinable, but resistless in us both which no one on earth can explain. And now I must go, Denzil, and claim the fair one for this waltz. Try and look less miserable, my dear fellow. I will not quarrel with you on the princess's account, nor on any other pretext if I can help it, for I don't want to kill you, and I am convinced your death, and not mine, would be the result of a fight between us. His eyes flashed under his straight, fierce brows, with a sudden touch of imperiousness, and his commanding presence became magnetic, almost overpowering. Tormented with a dozen cross-currents of feeling, young Denzil Murray was mute. Only his breath came and went quickly, and there was a certain silently declared antagonism in his very attitude. Gervais saw it and smiled then turned away with his peculiarly noiseless step and grace of bearing, he disappeared. End of chapter 4